in, in regard to the Jewish people. Oh, so he's recording. Okay. Start recording. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. The first time uh, the, the Jewish people ever encounter a wide scale uh, battle, war, you call it, is right after uh, B'nai Israel, they leave Mitzrayim, right? They're, they're going toward uh, the Amsuf and um, they're, they're supposed to be ready. They think that they're getting ready for battle. They don't know what they're going to do. And uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is able to, uh, uh, with the help of Hashem, or, or Hashem with the help of Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, is able to split the Yamsuf and uh, B'nai Yisrael are they are saved. Right after that, um, we have we hear Az uh, Yashir that uh, B'nai Yisrael sing praise to Hashem and um, Inside it says uh, Hashem ish melchama Hashem shemot that um, Hashem is the is the master of war. Uh, Hashem is his name, um, and and even uh, preceding that, something that I forgot to mention, uh, inside the pasuk um, it says um, Hashem yilachem lachem v'atem ticharishon that uh, Hashem will fight for you and you shall remain silent. So. Uh, just every, every indication here is showing that even though uh, uh, B'nai Israel, they were leaving the time, they were expecting some war that the Egyptians were chasing after them. They they were uh, getting, they were nervous. They were said we're not we're not prepared for this, and we just came out of the desert. Uh, Moshe says, "Don't worry, um, don't worry about it. Hashem is taking care of us. We have all these reassurances. Hashem will fight for you. You remain silent." Uh, and afterwards, after all the Mitzrim uh, drown in the Amsaf. Uh, they all sing uh, Hashem is is the God of War. Um, but very soon after, in the exact same Parsha, uh, B'nai Yisrael uh, starts complaining, uh, which is uh, a recurring theme inside um, uh, in, in the Torah, that when B'nai Yisrael was in, they were in the desert, uh, they complained over and over again, saying, uh, you should have left us in Mitzrayim. What are we going to eat? Where are we going to get water? They were always uh, complaining about something. Uh, so in, in a Pasuk, very soon after Kriyas Yamsuf, um, there after B'nai Shal complains, uh, there's a Pasuk, Shem Hamako Mariva, which means testing and, uh, and quarreling. That's the name, the place was named. Al-Riv B'nai Yisrael, um, because uh, B'nai Yisrael, they were complaining, and they said, Hashem uh, B'kirbeinu ayin. Is Hashem in our midst or not? So we see this doubt. Uh, that is, is Hashem really taking care of us? Is he, is, is he uh, protecting us? And right after that Pasuk, very interesting, uh, there's, a, there's another Pasuk that Amalek comes to attack B'nai Yisrael. So, Vayavo Amalek Vayilachim im Yisrael Berefidim. So uh, Amalek came and he fought with B'nai Yisrael and Rafidim. So Rashi, right over here, explains that there's a juxtaposition between uh, the Pasuk before and the Pasuk after, and I'll explain its significance uh, immediately after. Um, so Rashi says, uh, Rashi gives a mashal, um, and it's a pretty famous mashal, so maybe you've heard it before, that um, imagine there's a father, and uh, he has his son on his shoulders, and he's walking around uh, with the son on the shoulders, uh, keeping him far away from the ground from any dangers, and, uh, and and what happens? Uh, the, the the son that's on the shoulders sees a man and says, "Excuse me, sir, do you know where my father is?" And the father is so upset because, of course, he's supporting the child. He's right under him. Throws him on the floor, and the boy immediately gets uh, bitten by a wild dog. So uh, it's a little bit of an extreme example, but the lesson is, of course, that uh, Benes. There there are two things that we learn here. Uh, first off. 
um, that that Hashem, of course, didn't uh, appreciate the the doubt that Bnei Israel had in him, um, and that explains the 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 parallel that um, they that they they almost like deserved this war that was coming to them that Amalek uh, came to attack them. And second of all, in an ideal world, this is not how it's supposed to be, right? Because we see right before this that Hashem fought all of uh, their battles for them. It says Hashem is going to fight for you and you should just remain silent. Hashem is going to take care of uh, fighting for you. And then Hashem Yishmo Hashem Shemo from, from Az Yashir, that Hashem is taking care of all of our needs. All of a sudden, B'nai Israel, they complain and um, they name the place Masa Mariva and they doubt, is, is Hashem taking care of us? Immediately, they are attacked by Amalek. So we were on, on this elevated status of Hashem is going to fight all of our battles for us. And now we went to another status where Amalek is going to attack us and you're going to have to fight. Hashem is still going to help you because this is also in this instance, it's where um, Moshe uh, puts his hand up and he davens and Hashem does assist B'nai Yisrael in, in this battle. But it's not at the same place that we were initially where Hashem would just completely uh, fight for us. Um, so in an ideal world, Hashem would fight all of our battles, but in this instance, we see this great shift that Hashem uh, is no longer fighting directly for us. He's going to help us in battle, but B'nai Israel needs to fight on their own because of their um, Averus. So um, just jumping into uh, another topic in, in regard to this um, uh, Belchama and um, having B'nai Israel having to defend themselves, uh, our relationship with Amalek. Right, so uh, we have this long-standing uh, tradition that we have to wipe out Amalek, and that Amalek is our is our long-standing enemy uh, throughout all of time. We were Amalek, um, and they're the ones who attacked us in this uh, previous instance. So, um, hold on one second. Apologize. So, right, right. So we have we have we have to remember uh, what what Amalek did to us, um, and. Hold on, I apologize. I'm just going through uh, the notes very quickly. I haven't had a chance to look at this in a bit. So um, I want I want to point to an interesting uh, instance in uh, in Navi where uh, Shaul Hamelach is instructed by Shmuel Hanavi to wage war against uh, Agag, who is the king of uh, Amalek. So um, what 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 Shmuel Hanavi instructs Shaul to do? Is to wipe out all of um, all of Amalek, men, women, and children, and even slaughter all of their animals, which almost seems uh, pretty extreme. But that's what Shmuel Hanavi had in his nevuah that he had to, that that this this was what he was instructed to do. Whether it made sense to him or not, really didn't make a difference. This is what he was uh, commanded. So uh, Shaul goes and slaughters everybody, all the men, women, and children. But two things that he does is he keeps Agag, who is the king, alive, and he also keeps all the animals. And he says, I'm going to uh, take these animals and I'm going to give them uh, as uh, sacrifices. But of course, uh, Shmuel Hanavi is very upset at him, uh, very upset at Shaul, saying that you shouldn't have done this, uh, ends up going back and uh, kills Agag. Uh, but Agag is able to have a son who uh, survives him. And later down the line, we see that Haman is actually descended from Agag, descended from Amalek, and it's a whole uh, trickle-down effect. 
Um, but just in the in the context, I think of uh, of violence, and I'm jumping around a little bit. But just in the context of violence, it's uh, it's interesting um, how how us as a nation, how we view uh, milchama and and uh, killing. So uh, this is actually a very uh, puzzling instance that if we're supposed to be uh, a nation of peace. Um, for the most part, we are uh, pacifists, quote unquote, meaning that we don't want to uh, approach battle. Uh, we don't. We don't uh, ideally want to uh, battle. But sometimes, first of all, uh, in the in the for, with the concept of Muhammad's mitzvah, that sometimes it's uh, divinely commanded of us to uh, wage war, even when we were supposed to uh, go go into Eretz Yisrael. Uh, there were there were lots of nations there that we had to overtake. Uh, so, uh, despite wanting to avoid battle, sometimes it is uh, divinely ordered uh, by God that we need to um, wage these wars. Um, also, uh, an interesting point uh, to teach us about the um, that that Hashem, in terms of these battles, because, like I said, we we as a nation want to avoid violence. Um, but in terms of the foresight that Hashem has, it seems in this instance where um, where Shaul Hamelech is commanded to kill uh, all of the all of um, Amalek, it's it's almost like bizarre that Hashem says, "Men, women, children, uh, anim even the animals, you you have to kill." That uh, of course somebody's first instinct would say that seems a little bit barbaric. Like why why would we want to do that? What's the point of even killing? Okay, men, women, children, I can understand, so they don't procreate. But even the animals, that the animals are so tainted that you can't even turn it into a positive use. Uh, you can't even take it and give it as a carbon. So it seems like Shaul has um, good intentions in terms of uh, in in terms of giving uh, uh, using these animals for a good purpose, but just kind of shows that Hashem has this divine foresight uh, that we might not understand it. It might seem barbaric to us to kill all men, women, children, animals. Um, Hashem has the divine foresight in, in all instances and anything that seems violent, um, anything that that's, might, might seem uh, terrible, uh, even, even though uh, we might think that we know, oh, that we we can flip it around and and make something good out of it. That's not what Hashem wants, and just the importance of uh, following Hashem's word uh, to an exact point. So, just uh, one last point um, in in terms of uh, like practical conclusions uh, for today. Uh, there are two really interesting things. Actually, the first thing I want to say is uh, the Gemara in uh, Megillah Vav Amud Beis. Uh, points out that there is um, in a, a Amaleki nation called Germania. So uh, something the the modern day, of course, we know uh, the Shoah only happened uh, within the past hundred years. So it's interesting if that's the the Germanic people uh, that that the Gemara uh, is implying. Um, and we know we know that this uh, came to play uh, so recently that those people, if that's a continuation of the Amaleki bloodline, then um, just uh, something cool to point out. Uh, and finally, uh, a practical conclusion for today. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein uh, pointed out, because somebody asked him, if we have uh, this ongoing tradition to kill Amalek, what if uh, we knew who exactly Amalek was today? Would we still be commanded to kill him or or kill that person? Which is uh, also, also a bizarre uh, concept, but that's, uh, that's what we're commanded to do. 
Um, so Ramosha Feinstein, he acknowledged that we can't identify Amalek, but the imperative doesn't go away. If we were ever able to identify Amalek uh, once again, then we would be uh, commanded to uh, wage battle against them. So uh, just in conclusion, oh, I think I'm double up. Uh, just in conclusion, um, I, I'm run, running over in this topic, uh, the Torah perspective on uh, Milchama, uh, divine intervention, whether, whether we need um, Hashem to help us wage our battles. Um, and sometimes when, even though uh, we try to avoid battle and we try to avoid conflict, that sometimes it's, it's justified uh, based, on ha based on Hashem's word and um, instruction. So thank you very much for coming. I'm going down to Mincha now. Okay. So call <laughs> Manach, thank you. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'll see you by Mincha, but I won't. <laughs>